Amen. We are so excited to be here. Y'all can loosen up. We're going to have some fun this morning. Amen. I'm not going to be before you long. I'm just going to talk for a few minutes. But um, I just praise God for just giving me the opportunity to be here with you this morning. Let's move this back. And um, God is good. Amen. I'm just so excited to be here, and I praise God for Pastor Joshua and for Pastor Joy, um, just for giving me the opportunity to be before you this morning. Um, I praise God for um, Pastor, for them just being my spiritual parents. Pastor Joshua was saying how I, um, I'm an author, and I was just telling Debbie, and I tell people that um, if it wasn't for Pastor Joshua, I, I wouldn't have written that second book. Actually, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, speaking through him, using him, uh, I, I don't know if, that, if I would still be writing actually right now. But it's actually it's because of that. It was uh, uh, an instrument that God used me to propel me into what I'm doing right now. And God is using me to speak um, at different places. And he's been opening doors. And I was like, man, if I wouldn't have listened to Pastor Joshua, <laughs> if I would have just been stayed lazy like I was, because at that time I had started writing my second book um, called Next, Four Steps to Get Unstuck and Walk into Purpose. And I had started writing that and because uh, my, my first book I wrote when my husband was in prison um, and I had wrote it, you know, just for I had some free time at work. So I said, okay, I'll, let me write a book. You know, I think it would be kind of nice. I've heard people writing books. and So I said, well, I think I'll write a book just for the fun of it. <laughs> and then that second one, um, uh, I started writing it, and I didn't even tell anybody that I was writing that second book. I didn't even tell my husband that I had started writing it, you know. And so I know that when um, that Monday night when we were in um, prayer, at, at the South Campus before this church, I believe, was started. And we were in prayer, and it was just a few of us. And so God was just using Pastor Joshua, and he was speaking. He was going to various ones that were there in prayer, and, and he had came by me, and, and I was on my knees. And, and he had said, he said, Dorinthia, he said, oh, God has shown me that there's another book inside of you. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> are you sure that God said that to you? Because after my husband had came home, I, you know, I had became, I was like, okay, you know, our children, um, he was in prison for 12 years, so that was a long time, you know, and during that time, I was just trying to survive. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm just trying to keep my head above water, you know, so when he came home, I was like, okay, I can chill, you know, I can relax, and I can take it easy, you know, and, and I don't have to worry about anything, because he's at home now, and now he can, you know, run with it, and you run with the mantle, and, and I was like, I'm just going to relax, so I'm like, somebody else can write, you know, I'm not, I'm like, I don't feel like writing this book, I was like, so I just got lazy, and so when he spoke that to me, that God said that there's another book inside of you, I was like, I knew that it was God, and so I, and I praise God for Pastor Joshua and for Pastor Joy and their lives that I know that are consecrated and holy unto the Lord, that um, he's able to speak through them and to speak to us and to take us to that next level, and that's why I named my book Next, because it has literally taken me to the next level in my life, and so, and, uh, and I just praise God for them. And I praise God for my husband, Albert, who is here today, who God uses to love me unconditionally, that even though there were, that was that period of time that we were separated from each other, but God was, he was forming me and he was forming my husband and he was making me the wife that I needed to be for him. He was making him the husband that he, um, that I didn't needed him to be for me. And so God, he did a new thing. It was, that was a, a it was a, seemed like a long season, but God would, did a new thing in our lives. And so now when we come together, um, he tells me off and he said that, he said, I, I, have I told you lately, honey, that I enjoy growing old with you. And I was like, I, I love growing old with you too, honey. 
such a blessing that God has, has brought us back together because many times um, you don't hear that when someone is incarcerated, you know, the other person, they just move on with their lives. And so I praise God that God, that he has a relationship with God and that, you know, and it's funny that Pastor Joshua said the dynamic duo because that's what I call us. Me and Albert, I call us the, we're the dynamic duo. And so I just praise God for my husband and and just all of you who are here, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for being here. And those who, came, who said that they came to hear me, and Julie and Maddie and Renee, thank you so much. And all of you, thank you so much for being here. And um, you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to, at least I don't plan on talking long, amen. But <laughs> we'll see. So I just praise God. And um, uh, it's just funny how God is just does things and and I was talking about growing old with my husband because it was funny because uh, uh, <laughs> if y'all would have saw me yesterday y'all see how I'm walking good right now okay I, I worked out we went to uh my husband he, he's, he's been off for the past couple of weeks in Alaska I mean not in Alaska he's been off for the past couple of weeks for vacation and we we went to Alaska uh, a couple uh, last week or uh, about 10 days ago, and so for our, for his niece's graduation, and so we, while we were there, you know, the, during the time he was off, because normally I have an exercise regimen, you know, I, I have my time, I get up in the morning, and, and, I, and I get in the word, and I, and I pray, and I like to exercise and keep my body in shape to live as long as I can, and so during that time he was off, I took some time off, you know, and so but uh, during that time, though, you know, we had went to, the, uh, they called the Chena Hot Springs in, in Alaska, and that's where the water is like, it's just like a, a big, it's a pond, but it's like a big, giant-sized whirlpool or a hot tub, because the water is hot. And so uh, we were there, and I put on my bathing suit, and I was like, ooh, I was like, I got a lot of ham in my ham hocks. <laughs> I was like, my ham house looking kind of hammy. <laughs> so I said, I gotta, I gotta hide these ham hocks. I gotta do something with these ham hocks. So I was like, when I get home, I'm gonna work my legs, you know, because I got not my arms. Y'all can't see, but underneath my sweater, you know, I, I got some some small guns, but <laughs> I got some muscles <laughs> and my shoulders. You know that my, my shoulders are real defined. You know, I, I pride myself on that. I have defined shoulders and arms, but I haven't, uh, those leg exercises are hard. You know, like, okay, I'm just going to work on my arms and the upper body, but after I've put on that bathing suit, I'm like, ooh, I got to work on those ham hocks, okay? So, so I said, so I said, when I get home, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to start working on my legs. And so, you know, and, but I hadn't been exercising for two weeks. So now, or actually two and a half. So now, he, he's going back to work, and I was like, okay, I can get back into my regimen, you know, start, and I'm exercising my legs, and the next morning, when I woke up, after doing those lunges, and I was trying to roll out, all y'all, I didn't, I didn't get out of bed, I rolled out of bed slowly, and I was like, what did I do, and so, and then, I didn't have enough sense to take the next day off, okay? I'm going to do it again the next day. So all day yesterday, we were at the Old West End Festival, and I'm walking like this. He said, he said, honey, you remind me of this old lady that I used to live with when I first got saved when I'm walking. I was like, my legs were killing me. I was like, I have never been in so much pain in my life when after I finished exercising I was so sore and so I went home and I got in the tub and and put use some Epsom salt I said normally I only use a little bit but I said I'm using two cups of Epsom salt I'm gonna pour this salt in here and I'm gonna and after I got out I felt better and he rubbed my legs with some oil and and it was and he massaged the muscles and got the blood flowing so I'm feeling good this morning like y'all can tell I feel good so and then we're going through the change and you know and, and ladies okay man man y'all can chill for a minute this is for the ladies I, while we were in Alaska, 
I started, I thought it was Alaska. <laughs> Through the night, I would get hot, and I throw the covers off, and then I get cold, I put the covers back on, and I got hot again. I was like, okay, it must be something about the air here in Alaska. <laughs> because before I came here, I was doing fine. I was sleeping through the night. And then after we got home, it seemed like it got even worse. And, it, and then my husband tried to be funny because I'm, one, one day, one minute, I got, I got my robe on. And then the next minute, I'm taking it off. Oh, and then he say, uh, uh, you hot? And I was like, yes, I'm hot. And so I took the, you know, I put it back on. He said, oh, you cold? <laughs> I said, yes, I'm cold now. <laughs> and it, then I took it off again. Oh, you hot again? <laughs> so I, was, I said, okay, now I'm just going to ignore him and just let him have his little bit of fun. See, men, okay, men, y'all need to love, love your wives, okay? Us women, we got to go through a lot. So love your wife because we have to go through so many different things in life. And so, but praise God, he, he has given us the strength that we need. And I thank God that he blessed us women that we, are able to, that we are able to carry a child for nine months and give birth. Because if it was up to the men, I... <laughs> My husband, don't let him have a cold. And you think it's the end of the world that he's dying because he has a cold and he has a little fever. So, men, you know, but I praise God for the men because y'all take, my husband takes good care of me. Amen, baby. Amen. He, he takes good care of me. And it was because of him that I was able, because God has blessed him with a good job and I um, left my job. I was working at the University of Toledo. I had been, where, been there for like five years, and I was there. And um, after my book had started, um, after I wrote my second book, and I published that, and then I did a, a four-week Bible study at the South Campus, and that's when God revealed to me that that's what I'm, that's what I'm supposed to be doing is ministering. And so the Lord blessed me. I turned to my resignation. And last May, it's been a year now, and God has been taking care of us. You know, it was a leap of faith, but I praise God, and there we do have to make sacrifices. But I praise God for just giving me the opportunity to be able to walk into my purpose, and that he has uh, allowed my husband to support me to walk into my purpose, which is a blessing. Amen. So, let, so let, let's get down to business. Let, let us pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy and your love. We thank you, God, for this, just giving us this opportunity to be here today, to minister to your people, God. I pray that you will word my mouth and speak through me, Holy Spirit, what the Spirit is saying unto the church. Lord, have your way in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today, um, my topic is, who do you think you are? And I came up with that, um, we were doing a four-week Bible study. Actually, it was more than four weeks. It was 13, 14 weeks for the, the first few months of the year, we were doing a Bible study um, on, at, at the South, South Campus on the book called The Bondage Breaker yeah. by Neil Anderson. And, I, and we, um, we have a team that we rotate uh, to teach on the Wednesdays. And so the particular, one of the Wednesdays that I taught, um, chapter three in the book, it opens up with the author. The author, he's um, a man that God, is, he's a Christian that God uses to bring people out of bondage, out of demonic um, oppression. And so, and he's written these books to aid the body of Christ and um um, helping people to bring to bring a deliverance to the church, and chapter three opens up with a, he's counseling. Um, he, he he counsels people, and one of the women that he was counseling, her name is Lydia, and Lydia had been through ritual and sexual abuse when she was a little girl, and so one uh, 
now she's coming to him and one of the first questions he asks her is, who do you think you are? How do you perceive yourself? She said, I think I'm evil. Um, all I do is bring trouble. I'm no good. Then she said, people told me that you are evil. And all you do is bring trouble. And you're no good. And she had allowed other people's opinion of her to become her identity. Wow. And now, because of what people have told her, that you are no good and all you do is bring trouble, now that's what she has adopted and um, taken. Now that's what's in her mind. And now she finds herself in bondage and in slavery to what other people have said about her. She lo has lost her identity. And I thought about calling my having my topic be identity theft. And my subtopic be, who do you think you are? But Albert and I, we were talking, and yes, many times, uh, th yes, the devil is, uh, he's a thief. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But many times we, uh, and the Bible tells us to submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And many times we, f we don't submit to God and resist the enemy and we give him, we, there's a door that we allow to be open in our lives that he comes in and take precedence. And he takes resident and he, and, and she gave, and, and sometimes it's not so much that it's that he stole my peace, but I, because I don't know who I am, I let him have my peace. Because I don't know who I am, I have lost my identity because I don't know who I am. And many, and so we, and, 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 the, and the person, Lydia, she didn't, she had low self-worth and low self-esteem about herself because she had allowed herself to become a prisoner of other people's opinion. And if we are not careful, we uh, will allow ourselves to become a prisoner of not only other people's opinion, but the lies of the devil and our own opinion, what we tell ourselves. Because sometimes we think negative, ne negative things about ourselves, and we're going to talk about that later, that um, God never told us um, that he never said, told her that she was evil, but she began to think that and other, what other people said about her. And now she does not know her value. See, the enemy, he uses that. He used that. And now she's walking in depression. Now she's depressed and she has low self-esteem and low self-worth because she doesn't know who she is. But when you know who you are, that is your weapon. When you know who you are, not only that, but when you know who God is, that is your weapon. Praise is my weapon. Worship is my weapon. Prayer is our weapon. Knowing who we are is a weapon. Knowing who God is is a weapon. And so she had become, uh, now people's, other, people's opinion, she has become a slave to their opinion of her. So... And I'm here to tell you, God has commissioned me to let you know who you are today. Lest we become bound and, um, to other people's opinion of us. So, who are you? And I just took a few, a few verses out of the Bible to say who we are. Because there are so many uh, uh, scriptures in the Bible, and that's why it is imperative. And wherever I, I go to preach, I, I am, uh, uh, express and I uh, make, uh, make sure that I let the people know the importance of the word of God. There is a reason why God has given us the word, the Bible, because we need it. It is our lifeline. The word of God. But if you are not connected to the lifeline, then you will die spiritually 
And some have died naturally because they were not connected to God because he is the word. And so who are you? The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 28 and 13 that you are the head and not the tail. That you are above and not beneath. Isaiah 54 and 14 says that you are far from oppression. That you are far from terror for it will not come near you. Uh, Romans 8 and 2 says that we are free from the law of sin and death. Uh, So that tells us that we are free. Uh, Colossians 2 and 10. I got my contacts in, y'all. Y'all pray for my eyes. Amen. That's part of that's part of getting a little old. I can't read my words. <laughs> I'm getting a little old. Me and my husband, we are we are going pushing that 50 line, y'all. So my eyes have gotten a little dim. Amen. Even with my contacts. Amen. <laughs> Colossians 2 and 10 says, We are, you are complete. There's nothing missing, nothing lacking because the enemy, I got to stop here because the enemy, he can try to make us think that, that, that there's something missing in our lives. And that's why when you're not connected to the lifeline, that there's something missing, there's something broken. But when you know who you are and when you are connected to the word of God, you are connected to God, that, that he lets us know that we are complete in him. Whatever you need, it's already inside of you. Whatever you need to overcome um, low self-esteem, to overcome depression and and sadness, it's already in you. You just have to tap into it. He said said that I am the vine and you are the branches. But in order for the branches to live, they have to stay connected to the vine. So you are complete. And I love Psalm 17 and 8 that says, this is one of my favorites, that we are the apple of God's eye. You are the apple of his eye. And so when you know all these things, and, there are, and like I said, there are other verses that tells us who we are. But when, when you think, okay, the word says that I'm free. The word says that I'm complete. The word says that I'm the head and not the tail. That I'm above only and not beneath. That I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. That I'm blessed wherever I go, that wherever my feet tread on. That I am an atmosphere shifter. Because when I walk into the room, the atmosphere shifts. Hallelujah. And so everything that I need is in me. And so when the Bible tells us who we are, and it, it's not because of what we did, But it's because of what Jesus did. And so when the Bible tells you the truth about who you are and what Christ has already done, there is only one appropriate response, and that is to believe it. But it doesn't make it true just because you believe it. It's true whether you believe it or not. The Bible is true whether you believe it or not, and it's not based on your feelings. I praise God that some things that I may not feel righteous, but it doesn't matter how I feel because I know that I am the righteousness of God. I know I am the planting of the Lord, and I know that I am his child because that's what the Bible says. So it's not based on my feelings. Whether I feel it or not, whether I believe it or not, it's true. Amen. And so when you know who you are, and when you, and, but when you don't know who you are, then that opens up the way for the open, opens the door for fear to come in. Fear is the number one weapon that the enemy uses to come against us, to bring against us that when we are going through some, through things in life, the first thing, you know, we start worrying. Worry is, is fear. Anxiety is fear. But the Bible says that God has not given me the spirit of fear. But power, loving of a sound mind. So why are you worried? But the, and so the enemy knows, and that's why God gave us, because the Lord knows, because we, in our human nature, it's easy to say don't worry. It's easy to say don't fear. But God gave us uh, uh, 300, I, I heard that somebody say with well, 365 or more than 365, do not be afraid and do not fear in the Bible. One for every day of the week. 
because the because we they, we are so susceptible that fear that the enemy that's his number one weapon yeah. is to bring fear against us and so and let's talk about the Israelites because it is it, it's, it's not something that's new but fear is something that the enemy used way back then and let's go to numbers 13. We're not going to read the whole chapter, but we're going to read a lot of it. Who do you think you are? Numbers 13, verses 1 through 2, the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So let me back up for a minute and give you and uh, uh, set this up because um, most of us know the story about the Israelites and how God brought the Israelites out of Egypt. And uh, he had when he brought them out of Egypt, there was uh, he told he sent them one way, even though there was another way that was easier, that was shorter. But God didn't take them that way. He said, lest they be attacked by the Philistines and want to turn back and go back to bondage. So know that God won't bring something to you where you are not already thoroughly equipped to handle. So whatever you're going through, whatever problem you may be facing, know that you are thoroughly equipped to handle it, that what you need, you already have what you need to handle it. And so, but he didn't take them that way. And many times we get impatient because we want things the quick way. Show me the quickest way. Show me the shortest route to get to where I want to go. I see where I want to go, but I don't want to go. I don't want any detours. I don't want any problems along the way. Take me the short way. And so we want to get there the quick way, but, the, but many times that's not the way that God has for us. There's some things we're going to have to go through some detours. We're going to have to go through some ups and some downs because God wants to work something in us. He wants to work something in you. Like I said, when my husband and I were separated, God, that wasn't just a time of waste. That wasn't time wasted. But God was doing something in us. And so now the, uh, the, the, uh, he sends the Israelites a different way. Instead of sending them the short way, he, he didn't want them to be discouraged and run back to, to, to Egypt to bondage. And like us, he won't send us the short way because it can bring death. When we get things too fast or, we, or God uh, allows us to, if, if our prayers to be answered just like that every time. Now, sometimes God will allow things to happen just like that when we pray. But then there, as we know, there are some things that we got to wait for. Because if he gave it to us right away, then there, then we would maybe not die naturally, but a spiritual death. Because we think that, well, oh, I can get whatever I ask for and I don't need God. And so God, he allows, he brings us, sometimes he'll bring us to a place that we know, know our need for him. That we're not by ourselves and that we need him. And so the Israelites, he took them in a roundabout way. But when, now we're getting, we're in the chapter, but now they have come to Canaan. And so now God is telling them, the Lord said to Moses to send some men into Canaan. Verses 17, verse 17, when Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up through the Negev and on into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it a good is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. So they went up and explored the land from the desert of Zin as far as Rehob toward Lebo Hamath. Verse 25, and the at the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses. So now here they've come back. They've been in, I believe they were in Canaan for 40 days, I believe. They were there for a while. 
And now they're coming back. Oh, yeah, it says 40 days. And they come back with a report. Now they're ready to give back the report. They came back, verse 26, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land. So here, here's their report. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Just like God had told them. Because earlier, God had, when um, God sent Moses to Pharaoh to bring the Israelites out of Egypt, he told them that God, that now is your season for deliverance, and God is getting ready to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. But even before that, let me backtrack again, because even before that, in Abraham's time, God had told Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. He said some of them will be kings. He said they will defeat their enemies. And, uh, and so he told them all of this. He, he, he told Abraham this. And so there was already a purpose. God had, God's hand was already on the Israelites. But they didn't know who they were because now they found their, themselves in bondage for more than 400 years. So it says, verse uh, 28, they said there's fruit in the land that's flowing with milk and honey. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites. Jebusites and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. So the Anad, the descendants of Anad, they were known as giants because they were larger than normal people. And it's been um, 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 said that it was the sons of God that when they came down and had relations with the, the, uh, the daughters of men, that it produced in the sons of God. They were the demons that were thrown out of heaven along with Satan. They were part of that third that were thrown out of heaven when Satan had, had uh, rebelled against God. And so now these demonic spirits have become to the, the earth, taken on human bodies, and now they have um, had in intercourse or relations with uh, the daughters of men, and the, these men are now, the people are bigger than normal. And we know, we heard of Goliath. We say, that, uh, in the, in the, we've been told that Goliath, he, he was one of the Anak descendants. He was, they said that he was nine feet tall, I think, more than nine feet tall. He was, so he was, and that's why they called him the giant, David and Goliath the giant, because he was bigger than normal. And so verse 30, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said the land was explored. The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshopper in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. So here it is, they're spreading a bad report, and that's why you have to be careful about who you let in your ear. You have to be careful about who you let speak into your life. You have to be careful about the people that you are around. Because the people that you're around, they can speak negativity, and they can have you bound, and have you depressed, and have you feeling bad. And you know, you, you know some of those people that you get on the phone, and all, you know, they always have a sad story, or you, you run into them in the grocery store, and you want to go the other way, because you know that they're going to have a bad report. You know, and you're like, I don't want to talk to that person right now, because I, I'm feeling good right now, and I know if I talk to her, I'm going to walk away, and I'm not going to be feeling as good as I'm feeling right now. Because the people, that you are, a, you are a reflection of the people who you are around, whether you know it or not. And so that's why you always want to be, uh, 
uh, be, uh, make sure that when you surround yourself, who you allow to speak into your ear and, and, and bring life into you, because you should be around people that will bring life and will bring blessing to you, people that will encourage you and that will uplift you. And, and when you're feeling down, somebody that you can go to you, and when you're going through, they can say, come on, you can pick yourself back up again. You, you can make it. You can make it through this. We need those people in our lives. And so here it is. They have the Israelites, those 10, it was, they sent 12 spies, but only, and 10 came back with a bad report. And now they spread it all over to the rest of them. But Caleb and Joshua, they were they knew Caleb said we can we have the power Caleb knew who he was he had remembered what God said to Abraham that you will defeat the enemy and that and that kings will come from you and that you will be powerful and that you will be blessed to be a blessing Caleb he knew who he was and Joshua so now they've spread this now uh, uh, but the now but the 10 outweigh the two they're gonna believe the 10 and now they're it kept them from possessing the promise. And so now they, and that's, and, and they, but look what they said to themselves though. They said that we seemed in our own eyes as grasshoppers. Who told them they were grasshoppers? They told themselves that they were grasshoppers. And I, when I was talking to Albert about it, because I'm, I'm, right now I'm, read, I'm going through the Bible, and uh, I'm in Exodus, even though I've been trying to go through the Bible, uh, uh, and I started at the beginning of the year. I'm still only in Exodus chapter 13. I should be further along, but I've just been taking my time, and I'm, I'm, and I'm around that area, Exodus 13 and 14. And so we were, and, I, and whenever I finish a chapter, and if, if something specifically speaks to me, I talk to Albert about it when we're having dinner or whatnot. And so, I, and so I was telling him, I said, honey, they, they, they were told, they told themselves that they seemed like grasshoppers. Nobody never, the, the people in the land didn't tell them that they were like grasshoppers, but that's what they told themselves. And, and I like how, how Albert put, he said, he said, yeah, grasshoppers, they, they're, uh, they, uh, 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 their living place is on the ground. And he said, they are small bugs that are easily smushed. And that's how they saw themselves as small bugs that were weak, he said, because a bird, if a bird sees a grasshopper, they can, it swipes down and picks it up, and they don't have a chance. So, or when you're walking, and or you can, uh, if you come uh, 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 see a grasshopper on the ground, you can easily step on it, and it, it's, it's big, but you can squish it with your foot. And so they are, grasshoppers are small bugs that are easily, small, weak bugs, easily smushed. And that's how they saw themselves. They saw themselves as small. They saw themselves weak. They saw themselves powerless and incompetent. And now because, now they are afraid because of how they are looking with their natural eyes. And our prayer should be that when things come against us, Lord, give me spirit eyes. Give me the eyes of God so that I'm not looking at my situation through my natural eyes, but I'm looking at it through the eyes of God. Because that's how God wants us to look at everything that we go through, through spirit eyes. And so they saw themselves as powerless, small bugs, and now fear has come in. And now they have to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years because of fear. They have let fear keep them from possessing the promise and just like them we allow fear to come in to keep us from possessing the promise because now we have this giant this problem in front of us that seems insurmountable and we were singing this the song that God he can move the mountains 
Hallelujah. We serve a God who can move mountains out of our way. He's able to move the giants out of your way. And even if he doesn't, he will give you the strength so that you can overcome. Because we are overcomers and we are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. And greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Will you know who you are? Who do you think you are? Hallelujah. So when you know who you are and what God's word says about you and what God's word says about him, that you are unstoppable, that no matter what giant you see in front of yourself, you know that I have the power to overcome. Hallelujah. And so it is, here it is, they fear. And I, and, I, and, I, and, and I like to think of fear. Sometimes fear is born out of spiritual amnesia. Because even though God brought them, he had just brought them, which I didn't say, but he brought them through the Red Sea. Before they got to this point, when they first left Egypt, God had brought them to the Red Sea. It wasn't just happenstance that he brought them to this sea that unless he dried the ground, they wouldn't be able to cross. And he took them, notice, and I said earlier that he didn't take them along the easy way because he could have taken them around the Red Sea. But he brought them to the Red Sea. Now they face this Red Sea, and, not, and the enemy is behind them, coming after them. And so now it's, okay, which way do I go? Because I have the sea in front of me, and the enemy is behind me. And so now, they, but they forgot with the God that God dried the ground so that they could walk through the Red Sea and that he devoured their enemies for them. They forgot about the Red Sea. And sometimes we forget about what God did for us. We have spiritual amnesia because when things come against us and we, and we find ourselves having a hard time and we're down and we're depressed and, and not feeling good about it because we've forgotten. Do you remember what God did for you five years ago? What about what he just did for you last week? But then, but we forget because now this some something else has come against us to take our mind off of God, to take our focus, and we forget what God has done. We forget about how blessed we are. We forget about who we are and who and even who God is. And we allow our problems, we are more impressed with our problems than we are with God. Because we have allowed our problems to become bigger than our God is. And we think to ourselves that I'll never come out of this. How am I going to come out of this? What am I going to do? Lord, why is this happening to me? I remember when, my, uh, when Albert was first incarcerated, I was thinking to myself, why did this happen to me? Especially when he had called me and told me that he was in a sentence to 16 years. And I cried for three days, and I was like, why is this happening to me? You know, I grew up in church because my grandfather was a pastor. He just passed away last year, but he was a pastor. I grew up in my grandfather's church, and he had 17 kids, and, and you know, so, so, so we were the church. Even if nobody else came to the church, the family was the church. You know, we had each other, and I have more than 200 and some, almost 300 cousins. So now, so we, so we were the church. You know, we, we were our only own best friends. You know, we didn't need anybody else because we was each other friends, you know. So we were the church. And, and so I grew up in this church, and, uh, and, and I grew up in, um, you know, uh, in, singing in the choir, in the kids' choir, you know, and, 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 and speaking and, and, and serving God. And, and, you know, I learned how to fast when I was a little girl, you know, when I received the Holy Ghost, I think when I was 10 years old and so you know I so I, I grew up you know with a relationship with a strong relationship because they taught us about fasting you know we fast every every Wednesday from 6 on Wednesday to or 6 on Tuesday to 6 on Wednesday so you know so I knew how to fast and I was and, and I and I and even when I was married you know I had a prayer life and and, and my husband would tell people that sometimes he would walk in the in the bathroom because the, the tub is my sanctuary. The bathroom, that's my sanctuary, y'all. I had it, and when I was in that tub last night with that Epsom salt, I didn't know that, you know, that bubbles 
come out, you know, they, they mix the, the, the salt with the bubbles. And I was like, ooh, I got all these bubbles because I, I love my bubble baths. And I'm like, wow, I get bubble. I don't only get relief for my aching joints and, 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 and sore and pain, but I was like, I get bubbles. I was like, I was like, thank you, Daddy. You know, I was like, I was, I was, yes. I was like, hallelujah. I get some, even though I'm in pain right now, I get the Lord is blessing me with some bubbles. I was like, it, it don't take a lot to make me happy. You know, and I just, and so I just always tell the Lord, thank you. And so, and so I was, when I was, and so I was in, in, in the tub, and, 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 and that's where I meet with God. And that's where I worship. Because I, I'm, I'm the worship leader, but, I, I, but you first have to uh, worship in private in order to lead in public. And so I worship in private. And that's me and God's time when I'm sitting in my bubble baths and I'm, and I'm praising God. And, and many times before Albert went to prison, he said that he would walk in, in, in the bathroom and I would have my hands lifted. And, and, and if the Lord is really touching me, I'll be, you know, tears falling down my face. And in, in the tub, I'm worshiping God. And so, and so and he, and he tells people that, that, you know, that at the time he said, that he was that he would thought think to himself, even though he never interrupted me when I was in that place, he just come in the bathroom and he just turned back around. If if if, if I'm in a, if I'm in that in that mode in that zone, then he knows. Okay, I'm just gonna let her just do her thing, you know. And then I talk to her later, and so he would tell people that he would think to himself, you know, it, it don't take all that. But he later learned that he said that he, he told me that when he was in prison, that he would think about the times when I would be in worship and that that was uh, one of his weapons that he used to bring him while he was in prison was worship and praise. And so while I'm sitting in, so I'm, I'm sitting in the tub and I'm worshiping God. And so that during that time, uh, I, felt, I lost my train of thought. So during that time, I, I, I was worshiping God, and I, and I, beca- and I had, was, uh, had a relationship, nurturing my relationship with God, and God was pouring into me. And so during that time, I praised God because I, it was what had kept me. Because I was learning how to do it, even when things are going good, when you do, when you know to do, when you are praying, even when things are going good, and even when things are, 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 are great, going well in your life, and you are praising and worshiping God, and you are praying and serving God, and then when things turn around and they are not looking and favorable for you, those are the things that you fall back on. Like I said, that those are our weapons that for us to fall back on but see but you first have to learn how to do it when things are going good because many times we won't take time to spend time in God's presence because everything is going good and then we find ourselves against this giant and now we think okay now God doesn't love me because see the enemy he wants to get you to question not God's existence because the devil know that there's a God the demons know there's a God but it's not whether God whether or not God exists but God doesn't, now the enemy wants to tell us, well, God doesn't love you. Because now you're, um, you're going through divorce, and now God doesn't love me, and, and things are happening. I've, this attack is against me, but, but now I've, you, the enemy wants you to feel like God does not love you and that God does not care. So he doesn't want to get you to question God's existence, but the character of God, the nature of God. That God doesn't care, and so I might as well give up, and I might as well quit because now I feel myself. Now I'm, I'm in this trial. I'm facing this giant, and now God doesn't care. But when you know the nature of God, when you know that we serve a loving God because God is love, when you know that you are the apple of his eye, when you know that you are always on his mind because Psalm 139 says that the his thoughts of you are more than the grains of sand on the seashore. And we know that Jeremiah 29 and 11 says that my thoughts towards you are for good and not evil. So you know that whatever it is you're going through, that's good is coming out of it. And you know that you are always on God's mind. And so you must remember the nature of God, God's character, because knowing God's character and who God is, it is the foundation of your faith 
which is the very thing that you need to endure this season that you are in. Faith does not deny reality, but faith believes God in spite of it. Faith does not say there are not giants in the land, but faith says my God is bigger than the giants in the land. See, faith is not denial because, yes, reality says that you may have been diagnosed with cancer. Reality says that I have cancer, but faith, truth says, see, truth always trumps reality. No matter what it looks like in the natural, what does truth say? And when you know the truth, like I said earlier about what God's word says, and then you have the power that you need to overcome the giant. But the problem is that we look through our natural eyes. And in conclusion, I want to talk about the spiritual blindness. Because when you, we allow ourselves to become spiritually blind because we are that spiritual amnesia. And we allow the enemy to distract us. We allow that to distract us because of what we see with our natural eyes. And now we are distracted. And now, because we are distracted, we don't want to pray. We don't want to get in the word. We don't want to read. We don't want to come to church. We don't want to worship. We come to church and we just stand and instead of entering in and lifting our hands and opening our mouths and entering to the presence of God, now we are distracted because we have allowed fear to come in. Now our focus is on fear. It's it's, it's on that problem that we are facing instead of on God. And so now we are distracted, and the enemy knows that if he can keep you distracted, that if he can take your focus off of God and off of what the word, what God said, who God is and who you are, that's, then he's already won. So he wants to keep you out of God's presence because in God's presence, you receive revelation. Revelation is you receive revelation of who you are, and not only that, but you receive revelation of who God is. Re- the root word of, of revelation is reveal. Reveal means to make known. But the opposite of making known, the opposite of reveal, the enemy wants to conceal and he wants to hide. That's the opposite of reveal. And so when you receive revelation, the revelation, the enemy, he wants to keep you out of God's presence because if he can keep you out of God's presence, then you won't have received revelation that you need for your mind and your spirit. And that's why you can be in an atmosphere of healing and not be healed. Not all the time, but sometimes you can be in an atmosphere of healing and not be healed because you don't have the revelation that God is a healer and that he's able to heal you. You can be around wealth. You can be in an atmosphere around wealth, people that, with, with, that are wealthy, and, but still be poor and broke because you don't have the revelation that God wants to give you a life of wealth and prosperity. So it's, some, it's about revelation. Do you have the revelation of who God is? Who do you think you are? When you get the revelation of who God is and who you are, then you're able to overcome depression. You're able to overcome sadness and and the things, that giant that you may be facing when you get revelation. And I want to end with this. How many of you have seen the cartoon, The Lion King, that came out years ago? And they have, the, they, they're actually getting ready to have the remake with, with actual, the actual animals um, coming out next month. But my favorite scene is when Mufasa, the father, he is talking to Simba. Yeah, he comes in on the cloud. And he's talking to his father because Simba has died. I mean, Mufasa has died. And now he's talking to Simba because Simba uh, faced a giant and ran away from home. So now he's coming back. And now the, uh, he's talking to Mufasa. And, and the first thing that Mufasa says is that you have forgotten me. And Simba said, no, I, haven't, I didn't forget you. What do you mean? I haven't forgotten you. He said, you have forgotten who you are. And therefore, you have forgotten me. 
And the last thing he told them, he told Simba is, he said, remember who you are. You are a king. Remember who you are. So when you remember who you are, that you are kings, we are kings and priests. When you remember that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. When you remember I'm more than a conqueror. When you remember that God loves me and that in spite of everything that's going on around me, I'm still blessed. Even on my worst day, I'm still blessed. I'm still his child. He loves me. Remember who you are. Don't give your identity to the enemy. Don't allow him to steal your identity. Albert had gotten a letter in the mail a couple of weeks ago saying that somebody tried to open a credit card in his name. So they said that we would advise you to call all the three credit reporting bureaus and put a, a, an alert on your account. Because they said, and they told him, they said, if this is not you, give us a call. Because we want to make sure that uh, we talk to you to, so that you are identity. Because you, you've heard those horror stories of identity. Theft. People got to go through all this stuff just to get their identity back. Because someone has taken their identity. And it's a long process. But when you, don't, when you do not allow the enemy to have your identity, put up a fight that when the enemy wants to come in and take your mind and take your focus to think about that giant. Be like David, like giant, you going down. Because the God that I serve, he is able. He is more than able. He said, and I'm going to cut your head off. Amen. And that's exactly what he did. That when you use the, your weapon, your words to speak against the enemy, then the enemy cannot stand. Get your identity back. Don't let the enemy take your identity. Remember who you are. Come on and let us put our hands together for Jesus. Pastor Dorinthia, would you speak a blessing over us with that word? If you guys can just receive this. Father God, right now, I just lift your people up today, Lord, those that are here, Lord. You knew that they would be here this morning. And Lord, you have a purpose and you have a plan for their lives. Somebody needed to hear your word, God. Lord, I thank you right now for moving in the hearts of your people. And right now, Lord God, we just bind that negative spirit that that wants to come in and bring defeat, that wants to come in and bring oppression and depression. We bind the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we decree, Lord, that we will claim our identity in you. That, Lord God, that we will know who we are. Father, that no longer will we walk around, Lord God, not knowing who you are and not knowing who we are, but that we will seek your face, God. Lord, I thank you right now, Lord God, that I speak freedom for my sisters and brothers. I speak, Lord God, peace for their minds right now. And Lord God, right now, I stand with them and we stand. Your word says that when two touch and agree, that we can ask and it will be done. We stand against the giant right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we submit to you. We surrender to you. And we resist the enemy. And we say, enemy, you must flee now in the name of Jesus. We thank you right now, God, that we have the power. Lord, you have given us power to overcome the enemy. Lord God, and we thank you. You have given us power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and lord we thank you that no weapon formed against us shall prosper father god we thank you right now god that we stand on your word we take your word as our weapon god who says who we are and who you are god 
And we thank you right now, God, that we are coming out, that we are coming out more than conquerors, that we are coming out victorious, God. We thank you right now, Lord God, that whatever we, situation we may be in or find ourselves in in the future, we thank you, Lord, that we will come back to your word. Hallelujah. We will remember who we are in the name of Jesus. Father God, we thank you right now, God. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You ready to walk in who you are? And who's God and what God's word says you are? It's powerful. So powerful. All right. Pastor Dorinthia, amazing. Thank you. Well, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face towards you. And may he give you peace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Friends, God bless you. Have a great Sunday. We love you. Take care.